Hello and welcome to the Final Whistle podcast. My name's Harry and as usual I'm joined by Bob but we're also delighted to be announcing that we're joined by a special guest here for today's recording. This episode is one that we've been very excited about recording and we really hope you enjoy it so make sure to follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or if you're watching on YouTube make sure to subscribe there. So yeah we are joined today by football agent Marco Ivanovic. Uh, thanks for joining us. How are you? Yeah I'm fine thank you. I'm very much. Pleasure to join you guys. Yeah brilliant. Um, What's your can you give us a basic overview of your role and what does your day-to-day kind of look like? Yeah, of course. So I head up the, the footballing side of the agency. Um, in terms of my role, it's more looking after the players, making sure that the players are all right, um, speaking to the other agents at the company, um, speaking at to, the, at to the employees and just seeing how, how they're getting on and just, just overall just looking after everyone that's, that's there. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it sounds really interesting. I was just wondering, how did you like get into it? What interests you about the job? Yeah, no, of course. So um, I played football when I was younger, um, yeah. six to 18. And then because of injury, obviously, I couldn't really play further. Um, and I decided it was two routes for me. It was either being a football agent or a football coach. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference between that is as a football coach, a lot of the times it's your name that gets you the jobs. Yeah. Um, so if it was Marco Vanovic versus Frank Lampard, Frank Lampard would obviously get the job over Marco Vanovic. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a, it's a trickier industry to progress in. Like I, I think there's fantastic managers in League Two, League One, but obviously I think there's there's obviously bigger names in in in, in the Premier League or that have played football that mm-hmm. get the jobs. Whereas as an agent, I feel yes, it's a little bit more of luck, but I think if you've got the eye for a player and you can see the player and you can help them then the yeah. rewards come and you can actually progress as an agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think definitely at Everton at the moment, you might be able to do a better job than Frank Lampard. Um, I don't know about what... that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what do you think makes a good football agent? Because obviously it's a very difficult, um, they're very difficult industry. What do you look for as well in your clients when you're looking for players? I think the main thing about, a good agent is honesty. There's a lot of agents out there that sell a dream to a player. And unfortunately, players at a younger age think they believe it. Um, so yeah. it, it's, a, it's about being honest and it's about where, where you can actually help that player. It's very easy to tell a player, I'll get you to Real Madrid, I'll get you to Barcelona. But that's not, in essence, you can't do that to every single player. Mm-hmm. So it's about being truthful to them. And then knowing your job, knowing how to negotiate a contract, knowing how to get the best for a player. The, and, and that all comes with reputation and years of experience. So a lot of new agents, like I said, will promise things, yeah. but won't actually deliver. It's about promising less and delivering more. And then over the years, you can go back on what you've done and that shows the players. And then the players slowly start trusting you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's obviously always a lot of difficulties when it comes to... Uh... The transfer side of it because as you said you need to be realistic with what the the player needs and obviously wants as well but i was Absolutely. also kind of wondering like you know sometimes you see stories about standoffs between clubs and agents you know sort of difficult transfer dealings and stuff like that have you ever really had any strange or like collapsed deals or anything like that like how does it sort of work on that end of it yeah so many collapsed deals it's unreal um, yeah. there's there, there it's it's so common to have three four deals collapse during a window yeah. um I mean, as an example, I had I had a player that was that was due to go to Millwall um, last year. 
mm-hmm. and we all had it all agreed um transfer fee agreed salaries agreed everything and then the player decides for last minute to say oh, i don't want to play i don't want to come to england okay so it can all change so dramatically so quickly that yeah. it just leaves you flat-footed and you just want to put your head into a pillow and scream for 10 minutes because it just <laughs> you worked so hard to get a deal and it's yeah. months of of showing videos, getting videos, getting scouting, meeting the scouts, meeting the heads of recruitment. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it can change within a phone call. Um, mm-hmm. I generally don't find that there's many standoffs. I mean, there are agents that have standoffs, but I, I tend to have good relationship with clubs. I don't think there's many clubs that will say they've got a bad relationship with me. Yeah. Um, obviously that could that could always change that can change in the future dependent on how you get along with the club and the situation that the player's in mm-hmm. but the standoffs usually happen when the finances are so far apart and 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 they're very hard to to get closer but obviously yeah. I, I haven't experienced a standoff just yet but obviously I've only been going seven eight years so I think give it another seven, eight years. They'll probably get me back on your podcast. I'll have about 15 standoffs. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully not, but a big, <laughs> good story. Yeah. Um, I've seen, obviously, you've been going and looking through your Instagram and you've worked with a lot of young players at the moment. Um, one of them raised Cleary at West Brom. Um, yeah. I saw he's banging in goals for them. Um, do you feel it's important to be more of a mentor to the younger players and rather than just a negotiator trying to just make money, do you think it's important to develop them as well as the coaches, obviously, at the club. Yeah. What I always tell a player is um, you've got your family, you've got your club, but a good agent is always that third sort of bubble, that third mm-hmm. person that you can kind of talk to, that that person that knows the footballing side, but is also on your side. Um, a lot of the times, the more the, the, the more success the players have, they, they have a lot of people around them, a lot yeah. of people talking in their ear. But if you're that kind of, that regular person that you can keep them coming to you and having those normal conversations. And if you're just honest with them, then I think that's also essential. I mean, I think that's a massive part of, of being a good agent. It's, it's having those conversations with those players mm-hmm. and making sure that they can trust you and having, and they can have the relationship with you. Um, otherwise, if you just think it's always about business, you're yeah. not always going to get the players trust. And it will be very easy for a player to not talk to you. And then you don't know what's going on in his head, whether or not he's happy or not. I'd rather have the conversations with the player. I'd rather know he's happy. I'd rather see what he's doing on a week-to-week basis. Mm -hmm. See how his training's going. See how his injury is. See how life is with his girlfriend, for example. It's it's all those little things that I think make a good agent and make the player trust you. Uh Mm -hmm. Can I just jump in before you do your next question, Bob? I was just going to say, we saw over in the summer with... Kane and, and Man City and stuff and how his brother was being his agent and you mentioned family there do you feel it's better for a player to have a family obviously relative as an agent or do you think it's someone better to have someone separate I've been I've been asked this question so many times um mm. I feel a family member being is being an agent isn't necessarily the best thing I feel if they've got the help from an experienced agent then it's fine them being there uh, and, and advising the player but I feel that the a player yeah. also needs someone that's away from it all because if you're with family there's always an element of you love you love your brother you so you you you, you sometimes don't see it 50 50 yeah 
whereas an agent is is a little bit detached from that. So impartial, yeah, exactly. He's a little bit impartial, so we can give the opinion and we can give that negative, um, that negative feedback, or we can give the positive feedback, yeah. and then work together with the brother or sister or uncle or auntie to make it a successful relationship and to make it a good working progress. Because I guess, yeah, like it's it's sort of like a friend in a way because obviously your your family doesn't want to hurt your feeling was not too much anyway so obviously you need to have that aspect as you said you you you, uh you value like the taking care of your clients and you know being a part of their lives and whatever but you also have to think about on an actual perspective what is best for them in terms of the proper business footballing side of things exactly the balance of both exactly yeah i completely agree with you yeah and i was also wondering obviously now hearing about those things that you value with your players Obviously, one of the more, if I was going to ask you what your proudest deal would be, obviously you might go straight to say the biggest club with the biggest name. But what that would that be now knowing that obviously the different things you value in deals, what would you say is your most proud one? I've got three um, that I look, yeah. look on and I'm, I'm, I'm actually proud of. So two of them involve obviously Morgan Rogers. Yeah. Um, but his first one to Lincoln um, for me is, is a proud moment. And the only reason I say that is because it's his first step in men's football. Yeah. Um, and it worked. It was a success. Um, so it was seeing him grow and play on a League One pitch where everyone's like, oh, we may struggle because these pitches are bobbly. The defenders are six foot three and they like a rough tackle. Yeah. And it was it was nice to see a player from Manchester City going in and not worrying about any of that and going yeah. in and enjoying himself and playing freely. Obviously, that's thanks to Lincoln as well. Mm-hmm. But it's just the way he... He, he took it into his stride and he played well and, 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 and it was a success. And then the other two um, was Morgan to Bournemouth. Obviously, at the time, the, the Bournemouth move is, is, was fantastic. It looked like I, I thought they could go up into the Premier League. So yeah. it works perfectly with the way Morgan plays and the way Morgan is as a person. Mm-hmm. And Rajiv Van Lepara to Red Star Belgrade. And the reason, obviously, I, I, I use that one is because Red Star is a massive club. Um, yeah. They're a massively known European football entity. And being able to to get a player there, seeing all their trophy cabinets standing in front of the Maracanã, 60,000-seat stadium. Yeah. It was, it's quite a sight. And it's, and it's, yeah, it was a proud moment, especially when he walks out in the Champions League for the first time in his life. Yeah. Uh, playing against Bayern Munich and playing against the, the those other teams that he played against. It was, yeah, it was quite a nice moment. Yeah, it's amazing. You mentioned there, obviously, about Morgan Rogers to Bournemouth. Um, and he was in high demand from a lot of clubs. Now, I'm yeah. a Forest fan and I saw the links. Was there any movement from Forest for Morgan Rogers? I was wondering. <laughs> um, Forrest always liked Morgan. It was one of those where we it didn't happen. Um, obviously, the manager now really, really likes Morgan. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, in, there was there was a lot of there was there was a lot of teams there. Nottingham Forest wasn't necessarily the one that was at the forefront, but yeah. there was there was there was quite a few teams around him. But they do like him as a player. Yes. Cool. Um, I just wanted to ask because I've seen the links <laughs> everywhere on the stories. Um, He's also very good friends with Brennan. So yeah, because they played together at Lincoln. So yeah, yeah. everyone was going all all the link oh, ups nice. going to happen again. Could but... I also jump never in? Never fall here, in love with a loans player. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. I I hadn't ever really never really been in this situation to ask an actual in the know about football news and stuff. Obviously, I literally you mentioned Ray was it Ray's Cleary the West Brom? Is he? Like, he's one of your clients, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, he works for the agency. I, I saw on uh, what was it Arsenal fan TV or something that Arsenal interested him. Is there any any uh, foundation to that, or is that just rubbish reporting? Um, it's one of those where obviously a striker is scoring thirty goals a season. There's de- there's always yeah. going to be rumours around, and 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 there's always going to be clubs that that yeah. get thrown in and stuff like that. So. I can't say yes or no, uh, yeah. but there's a yeah, lot no, that's fair that, enough. That, that there is a lot that, that may potentially um, be interested. But at the moment, Ray is obviously he's happy at West Brom. He's scoring mm-hmm. goals. And I think that's the kind of main priority really for him. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. my inner fanboy was coming out that's right. as well. <laughs> cool question. Um, so the next <laughs> one we got down was how the transfer system actually works. So I know it's one of those things that a lot of fans, obviously they see links flying around everywhere on Twitter that most of them are a load of rubbish. Um, how does the system yeah. actually work? How does it go into that single transfer? Do you go looking for clubs for your client or do they come mm. to you more of the time? How does that kind of work out? Yeah, so obviously it's not like what you see on Sky Sports News, the yellow ticker and it all happens in a day. Um, it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it takes months and months and months to prepare a transfer. It's, um, there's a lot of phone calls involved months before. Uh, there's a lot of scouting trips. Uh, there's a lot of dinners that happen. Um, you, you kind of have to to call the clubs, show availability, say this player is available. What would you like to do? How would you like to work mm-hmm. it? Um, and then, so this 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 takes a few months uh, going into, for example, the summer window. The January window is a little bit different. The January window is a very reactive window. Yeah. Um, so, so clubs that sign players in the January window usually know what they're going to sign and who they're going to sign. Yeah. Um, they usually have four or five names on their list. And then they just choose, right, saying, right, this guy's playing good. Let's see if he's available. If not, then we go for number two, number three. Mm-hmm. Um, for, the, for the summer window, again, clubs have lists and they scout for, for quite a few months. Um, and they usually have 10, 11 players on their list that they like, um, that they see as priorities. And then they've got 10, 11 again that they say, right, if they don't happen, we go into this one. Mm-hmm. Um and then the communications always happen. They take a while. And then once the deal happens, it's the deal also in itself doesn't, isn't very quick. You've got a lot of contract negotiations. You've got a lot of things in the, within the contract that kind of prolong the deal. So it's never usually one or two day kind of thing. It's, it's months in advance that it's prepared. Yeah. And then it's a week or three, four, five days to kind of close it off as well. Yeah. Oh, so... I was thinking here, so let's say there was no way I would ever be a professional footballer. Um, let's say you were representing me and I was, I don't know, I was at Man City and they said, I was like saying to you, well, I want to leave. Do you yeah. have a load of contacts inside clubs and you just go ring them up and go, oh, Harry, Harry wants to, he's available. Would you be interested in taking him? Is that kind of the sort of thing that you do? Yeah. So if, if, if you tell me you're unhappy to leave, so... I'll use that Manchester City example as a, a, a as an example, where if you tell me you're unhappy, all ninety five percent of the clubs in Europe will probably want you, considering you play for Manchester City. But those ninety five percent won't know that you have just told me that. So it's then down to me to have the conversations with, say, you're playing for Manchester, the Barcelonas, the Real Madrids, the 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 Bayern Munichs, the the Monacos, the all those kind of and say, right, this player is available or would be interested in hearing you out. Would you be interested? And then they have the conversations. They say yes or no. So it's it works. Unless a player hands in a transfer request and it's seen worldwide, then clubs don't necessarily know that you've done that. 
And that's when you have to call them, say, right, there's a potential he's available. Would you be interested? And then they call the club and things happen if they are interested. So that's how it kind of works. Mm-hmm. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. Um, and another one is, we said about what your your proudest bit of the job is. What's your, would you say, is the hardest bit of your job? Um, is it like difficulties with with dealing with club staff sometimes? Or what would you say is the, the most difficult part? Honestly, I I think the, the hardest part was starting out. And, and, and that's just not, not just me saying that. But mm-hmm. starting out was so tough. Uh, the reason being is clubs put the phone down on you. They don't know who you are. Players don't really want to sign with you. They don't. They don't really want to talk to you because you don't have any past experiences. So that's the, that was that was the hardest part. The hardest part now is obviously progressing, moving on, moving forward. It's it's getting more players. It's it's finding more players, speaking to the clubs, getting the deals done. It's it's just the accumulation of things really it's it's not as easy as it looks it is quite tough um but because we don't reveal everything that happens within the footballing world um where really the the quiet ones people think that we don't really do much which is completely the wrong Mm -hmm. the wrong idea yeah yeah yeah. i mean obviously there's a few you know names of footballing agents that obviously swing around the internet and general things obviously Mina Ryla is the one was it Mina Ryla the one that everyone always seems to bring up obviously he's quite controversial often causing chaos with certain comments and the size of fees he demands for deals and things like that you know what are your sort of thoughts on the way he operates obviously I guess he's just such a hyper example of a a football agent so as a one that's slightly more not in a rude way but less known because obviously he's so out there at the minute what is your like opinions on him and how he does his stuff yeah, in my opinion, and I don't know if many people like that, I think he's a fantastic agent. Um, yeah. I think he he gets the things done. Players trust him. It's, it's no surprise that he looks after so many top players. There's yeah. got to be a reason for it. And, and, and the reason is he gets the job done. He's, mm-hmm. he's brilliant at what he does. He communicates brilliantly. He, he looks after his players. He, he, he gets his players financially rewarded like, yeah. like they want to be. He gets them the move. Um, he's controversial. I understand that, but that's just yeah. because clubs don't necessarily like him. Yeah. But as as a as a person, in terms of as an agent, I think he's fantastic because he does exactly what it says on the tin. He gets them the move, he gets them the money, and he gets the players the rewards yeah. that they that he feels they deserve and the players they feel they deserve. Yeah. Well, that's interesting actually because obviously when you're looking at it from the outside, everyone's like, "Oh, we want small money, this, that, this, that," but. I guess in terms of when he's getting himself money, he's obviously probably getting his client money in the same deal as well. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just there's two sides to the coin, I guess. I mean, as you said there about him getting the deals that he wants for his clients, in terms of when you've been, you know, sorting out transfers from your clients, have you ever had yeah. any disagreements with some of the players about where you think they maybe should go and where they want to go? Sort of like a conflict of interest or anything? No, I haven't. And the only reason I, I say no is because ultimately, finally, I let the players choose. Yeah. I, they have the options on the table and then they choose because in my head, the primary focus is the player being happy. So the player needs to choose the club himself so that he knows that and he feels that he'll be happy rather than me choosing or me pushing towards one club. And then him, him turning around six months later being like, I knew I should have gone somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So. If a player chooses and if a player makes his mind up for this club, I say, right, okay, let's go for it. Let's do it. 
because then at least I know in my head and the yeah. player knows himself that he made the choice himself and he's a hundred percent satisfied with it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And also the next question we got down here is if you could give advice to someone who wants to be an agent, you said it there previously that it's really difficult to get into. What advice would you give to them about, you know, getting, getting into it and doing the job? Yeah, it's um, my advice is, is usually to not be afraid of asking questions. Uh, mm. People themselves are always, they're always afraid of asking questions. And it's, it's like, oh, I'll, I'll look silly asking a question. I don't feel there's ever a silly question. I know that's very cliche because everyone yeah. always says it's, there's never a silly question. Mm -hmm. But always surround yourself with more experienced agents. I feel I, I surrounded myself with more experienced agents. I worked at a bigger company before. Um, so I, I learned, I took it all in, I soaked it all up. And that's where I gained my contacts as in I, I, I plugged away and, and, and I got my contacts speaking to clubs and learning from the, the experienced agents as to what to do, what should be included in something, what shouldn't be included at something. There's always somebody better than you, or there's yeah. always somebody at the top of their game. So you just need to learn from that person or you need to, to see, help, let them guide you a little bit and not be afraid of them, let, of letting them guide you because at the end of the day, you can get there. As an agent, your career is very long. A player's yeah. career is 12, 15 years. As an agent, you can be going at 75, 80 years old. So you don't now, what you learn now as an agent, when you're 50, 60, you're going to be at the top of your game because mm. you've listened to those people that are 50, 60 years old will eventually retire and you're going to be able to take their mantle really yeah so in terms of that would you say like what is your aspirations it, it, even if you were to you know think of the highest you could go and you could punch through that wall if you have one thing that you really want to end up in your career what would that be where do you want to where do you want to go i want to be at least one year win the fifa best players agent award that's handed out the globe soccer agents award one year is win yeah. that or be nominated in the top three yeah. if i'm nominated in the top three and i win one award i know i've done my job well so Made i'll be it. happy with that yeah i mean yeah that's that that's, that's a good call i mean i was going to end it with a, a little bit more light-hearted one this is what we usually do for our guests it's a question we ask if you could have three people footballing figures preferably as is you know topic of the show in a, a dinner party slash sort of like, I don't know, meal out, who would you pick? Dead or alive? Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going for Pep Guardiola, number one, That's just it, because yeah. he's got so much energy and drive and his attitude just looks incredible mm -hmm. that you just want to, you want to spend 15 minutes with him and see, see whether or not he's like that in person and whether yeah. or not you can learn, you can learn anything from him and, and, and just get, soak up a little bit more, guidance from him and, and and just yeah be around yeah. his energy um obviously Mino I, I, I'd be around Mino not gonna yeah. lie um mm -hmm. and, I, and I'd ask him to see how he handles all the criticism because I don't I don't get the criticism that he would get for example I still get people saying oh you're just an agent da, 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 you take me you take money out of a game you, you yeah. don't play football whereas I'd love to see what Mino actually goes through and how he handles it and, mm -hmm. and what he does on a day-to-day -day basis to to kind of counter that and and why his players love him so much yeah that's um, pretty cool and then see the last one i know you say football but this is a sports person is that all right yeah that's yeah, all right that's yeah yeah right lebron james now i know mm. it's not football but i love basketball as well 
Yeah. And um, it's just the way he handled himself. And he's been, so when he went into basketball, the un unusual route, so being in college and then going straight into the NBA. Yeah. And then being one of the greatest ever, yet still being criticised and still still not being acknowledged for what he's actually achieved yeah. and seeing how he's handles that. But also on top of that, he built an empire outside of it and mm -hmm. built a school outside of it and built all his businesses outside of it. And, and the way he's always integrated his, his friends and he's never forgotten about them. So he's just one of those interesting minds that you would kind of learn from. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It sounds I'm like really sure when you, uh, when you win the FIFA best, uh, what's it? <laughs> Best uh, agent, agent of the year. Award. Don't forget to stick us in the speech, yeah? <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> We've had some really interesting answers to that question before. Obviously, a lot of a lot of the footballers that we've spoken to before are all about their idols. But I think that would be a really interesting one. I've, obviously, Pep, I've seen that after the FA Cup games, when he's like playing a League One team or ever, yeah, and after yeah. the match, and you see them in the tunnel having a chat. Yeah. And you must think the amount those managers learn off someone at his level must be yeah, just crazy from a 10 minute conversation or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. I, I remember, um, I think it was Nathan Redmond once when he, he got onto the pitch and spoke to Nathan Redmond after the Southampton game and, and, and Nathan Redmond came out and said, like the, the advice he gave was, was, was brilliant. And, and this is for an opposition player. Yeah. So it's, it's just incredible to know that, to know the kind of person he is. And I, I can imagine if you sat with him, the advice that he'd give would be, would be would be something you'd you'd keep forever. Yeah, mm. I just yeah. imagine he's probably good at everything. Like no matter yeah. what you're doing, he just speaks to you for ten minutes. He'd be like, well, "How did I not think of that before this?" Yeah, exactly. He'd probably get out on a golf course and hit a hole in one, and then get on a dart <laughs> on eighty as well. I, I wouldn't put it past him to be honest. <laughs> Hopefully, he's passed that knowledge on to a uh, big boy Arteta because he's got to get us back in the Champions League. <laughs> I think there's a good chance there. Um, I, I, I like Arteta as a manager. I think the players are now they're listening to him. He's got the he's got the young squad around him. I yeah. think he, he's he's perfect for the Prem. And I think next 10, 15 years, I think he's going to have a lot of successes. I hope I think, so. I think it's interesting when you look at the the differences. Obviously, he's gone into management, but after doing working with Pep for so long, mm -hmm. whereas Lampard went straight into management, and you can see the differences and where they've ended up. Yeah. Um, it's obviously the amount he's learned of everyone uh, everyone taking the making the jokes at the beginning oh he's just picked up the cones and set out the cones yeah so he's not going to do anything but yeah now they've trusted the process at arsenal it's actually worked quite well for them i think that's a great way to do it um and i think that's why there's going to be i think john terry's going to be a fantastic manager because he's learned he was an assistant and, and i think he's going to be a great manager and steven yeah. gerrard He's worked his way from the under 18s and 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 he's learned again from people and then went to Rangers and, and won a league where I know people say it's a two-team league, but if you win that league yeah. over the rival, then it's still a massive achievement. And so they won it very well as well, didn't they? they exactly. barely, did they even they went invincible, weren't they? I think well, so. I remember that. I'm not sure. Let me have a look. <laughs> Pretty but, sure. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I like Steven Gerrard as a manager. And, and like I said, I think John Terry is going to be a great manager because he's learned, he's, he's soaked it all up. I think it's, it's very hard to jump straight into a job. Um, but some managers have managed it. Some, some obviously will struggle with it. But I, I, I like the route that Mikel Arteta take, has taken. I like the route that Steven Gerrard took. So, mm -hmm. And I, I think someone like John Terry will have exactly the same kind of effect. Yeah, John Terry was at Aston Villa, wasn't he, with Dean Smith for a little while? Yeah, he was. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think he's back at the Chelsea Academy now. I think. Yes. Yeah. Follow him on Twitter. So even more learning for him to do. Exactly. Uh, he does the loans at um, he does the loans at Chelsea, I believe. Oh, he has a lot of those, isn't there? Well, he he went out um, on loan to Forest, I think, really early on in his career before. So obviously he knows yeah. what you need to get into that Chelsea team. Um, yeah. And um, we were actually having a conversation before the recording about Chelsea at the moment and the situation and that yeah. their centre-backs might be gone by the end of the season because they can't renew the contracts at the moment. That, and, yeah, I saw Christensen's off to Barcelona, isn't he? Yeah, that's what I've heard, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're going to have to really promote some academy lads through. Obviously, Chalabas done well. Thiago Silva's there and he's under contract, but I, I think academy players might have to step up. I think playing yeah. academy players is obviously what, like, definitely one of the most important things that the clubs need to look at. I think, you know, it just, I think it creates a good energy around a team when you can get behind a player that's been in your academy for so long. It feels like they really, you know, care about the club and obviously aren't, not saying all players are just there for the money, but you just, I don't know, it's a good feeling seeing someone. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Seeing an academy player go through uh, and and play first in football is, yeah, it's 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 a great thing. Yeah, I'm loving it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, brilliant. That's that's all the questions that we've got for today. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure, as we said at the beginning, to follow us on Apple or Spotify and to subscribe to us on YouTube. Thanks, Marco, for coming on. We've we've really enjoyed it, and we hope you have too. Absolute pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. Thank you for listening. That was the final whistle.